Welcome to the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. I'm your host, Harriet Blevins. This podcast is designed to empower, educate, and encourage women of all ages and stages of life in their walk with God. Our goal and intent is to provide you with the best content and topics relevant to your lives as Christians. We will have conversations with other leaders all along the way and discuss topics all of us want and need to hear. I'm so happy you're here, and I hope you enjoy the journey with me. Welcome! So glad you're here. We're so happy you're here. We hope you feel right at home here. Everybody makes you feel welcome. This is a very friendly bunch of a crew here, and um, maybe even like a lot more than you want it to be. You know, we, we get kind of into your stuff and into your, you know, you're just like, I'm good. Thank y'all. But I just wanted to take a moment and thank some people. I want to thank my sisterhood lead team. Casey, raise your hand. Andrew, raise your hand. Shell, Nicole, Gina, girl. Uh, At night, we will have Jen Griffin will be here and Jessica Smith. And I'm telling y'all, without this team, I could not do this. I could. I think sometimes people think I'm just out here by myself doing all. I'm not by myself. Michelle provides this coffee for free to you from Brown Dog from her coffee shop. And I want to tell y'all, organic, fair trade, I mean, it's the best of the best. It's the stuff right there. You can drink it and have no conviction about it. And just go, this is amazing. This is like manna from heaven. It's what it is. I want to thank my daughter, Bailey, who I'm going to talk about in just a few minutes. But um, she kind of helped me this summer with a project that I kind of had going. So I'm just so grateful for Eli back there running sound for us every Tuesday morning, Eli. That's right, making it happen. And then Tim is here on Tuesday evenings for any of you that can come back or that you can't come on Tuesday morning, just pop back in on Tuesday evening. We always do it again. But this is our year nine of sisterhood. Isn't that awesome? We started in the fall of 2013, and um, it it has just been quite the ride. I mean, it has been just something. So how many of y'all had a good summer? I mean, if you would say you had a good summer, that's so good. I had a major, I have had, I will just tell you, I'm not to the other side of it yet, but I have had some health issues for about a month, so y'all can be praying for me. I need need the key that unlocks the door for me, right? So I've just had some issues I've been working on, but Tim and I had a great downtime in July. If you saw, we weren't here during the weeks, but we always try to come back on Sunday for church, but that he takes his sabbatical in July, and we had a week off. We went to the beach, not the beach here, but the beach in Charleston, and it was so fun. We were refreshed and all the things. It was awesome. But I do want to take a moment and tell you about something I've been working on this summer. I have been working on the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. I know. So it's a big, big deal. There it is. It's produced by a company called Signal Fire Media, the very top podcast producers in all of the southeast. And the two owners go to our church. So they're doing it totally for free. And I mean, it's produced. It's a, it's a deal. So I have been in the studio recording just, you know, me and a little microphone like this, me and a little microphone and Bailey, you know, and Eli in the studio and me just sitting there talking and talking and talking and talking and talking about sisterhood. And then I've had Michelle and Nicole have both been in there with me for some interview sessions. And that has been so much fun. But I think we launch, is it next week, Bailey? That the goal is to have two broadcasts a week. So if you have an iPhone, I want you to take your phone out right now. I'm going to show you how you can listen to the Sisterhood & Co. podcast in case you miss Tuesday morning. So you can open it up, and when you open it up to your apps, 
you will see a little purple microphone one that looks like this one in the top. Oh, it's also on Spotify. We are fancy. We're, we're in a garage today, y'all, but we're fancy. We're on Spotify. So um, you can see when you pull it up, and then you can go to the search. There's a search down in the bottom. Sorry. Mine is just not wanting to work. Anyway, there's a search tab that comes up, and you just put in the sisterhood and co which means company, because I'm going to have people with me in and out of the studio all the time, uh, podcast. And, you know, this actually goes all over the nation and whoever in the world has, you know, the Spotify or their podcast app. So it's going to be a whole, whole lot of fun. And, Bailey, I do want to thank you for encouraging your almost 60-year-old mother to do something new. It's really awesome. I'm like, okay, we can do this, y'all. We can do this. Um, so in if you... Uh, I don't know, because many of you might be new today. On your way out, there's a little table that sits right here by the door, and there are some sisterhood forms there. Just put your name and your email address if you don't mind, and that way whenever we send out sisterhood emails, you can get those, and you kind of can stay abreast of what's happening. You can also follow us on social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook, um, Sisterhood at Life Church. So it's really good. So Bailey has been instrumental, and I just want to thank her, and Eli's been in there with me too, so I'm thankful. So today, usually when we start a new sisterhood series, I almost always talk about a vision that we carry here at Sisterhood called the reach up, reach out, and reach back. I am not doing that today. So if you want to get... The reach up, the reach out, the reach back. If you're new here and you are like, what does that mean? Then you can listen when the podcast launches, and we'll send that out through emails, and it will be on all of our social media that you can link in. Um, I just, I really go into it in depth in the first three sessions on the podcast, what that really means, so you can catch that. Today, I'm going to just share my heart with you for a bit, and if I'm a little bit teary, just go, she's going to be all right, okay? I am going to be all right. But um, I just wanted to share from my heart to yours, pull back the curtain just a little bit and show you a little bit about what my time with the Lord has been like this summer and kind of some of the things that I feel like he has deposited in my heart for this ministry, for our house. Um, I want you, I want you to have a full kind of picture a revelation, per se, almost to the same degree as what I got when I was with the Lord. I feel like the last eight years in this ministry have been phenomenal. Phenomenal. There is no other women's ministry in all of this region that is quite like sisterhood. It is a very unique ministry. We have had some really high mountaintop times, and we have had some very hard and challenging times. How many of you were with us when we, our church was located in the Independence Mall, and the mall sold. That phone call was hard. That was a hard phone call because we were like, where are we going to go, and what are we going to do, and where are we going to go with hundreds and hundreds of people? And I already kind of felt like at that point we had been like nomads going through Wilmington. We were in a school, then a storefront, then we were in the mall for all those years. But listen, no place that we've ever been, including where we are today, we can never have a sign. Nobody even knows we're here, y'all. I talk to people all the time. They're like, I've never heard of that church. 
because there's no signs anywhere. The mall wouldn't let us put up a sign. First Baptist lets us put up all the signs we want on Sunday morning. But unless you're driving by that facility on Sunday morning, you don't even know we're there. So it's been a, a real interesting thing. So Greg Redden, our um, guy who is kind of our CFO of the church, he is who found this place, this whole complex for our offices when the mall sold. So he and I were coming through, and they were showing us the, the tour. And I was telling some of the ladies this morning. So we got back here into this area, and I will just tell you, it did not look like this. It did not. There was a whole weight bench situation right here, like I guess the guy, I don't know. I mean, I guess he came in and worked out and stuff. And then over there, there was like a bunch of luggage. There was like different kinds of musical things, not like this, like old guitars and guitar. It was somebody's garage. And I burst out laughing. I was like, we are going into a cave, like David's mighty men. Like, it's a doolum. Like, here we are. We're in it. Like, like we just think nobody knows we're here now. Like, nobody is going to know. We are tucked into this little, you know, we've called it the field house, the garage. I mean, it's so hot in here because there's no, you know, that's all the insulation. There isn't. It's freezing. i just tell you all right now, it's freezing in the, in the wintertime. So bring your coat, your hats, gloves, all the stuff. But, um. In this place is where God has begun in a cultural season of unrest to teach our hands how to war. Just like he did David's mighty men. He pulled them away and he took them away and he's like, I'm going to give you something. And when you come out, and I will tell you, we're coming out of here. This is our last year here. This is it. They've already demoed our new building. They're getting ready to start all the new construction, state-of-the-art building. We're going to think that we are like princesses. I mean, it is unbelievable what it's going to be like, truly. You'll be like, I was there when it was a garage. You know, I mean, I'm not kidding because it's really going to be quite something. Even I have been a little, I cried when I saw the final plans because it's more than I could ever, it's more than what we could have built on our land. It's more. It's just more on every God. God never wastes a thing. He never wastes a thing. So, Lord willing, this is going to be our last year here, and I don't want you and I to waste a moment here. I want us to sharpen our weapons. I want us to just get ready. I want us to get ready. And I was talking to Marianne this morning, and I feel that I feel a little bit prophetically. I'm kind of off my notes now, but I feel like um, I didn't know why. God had us going into such a deep dive of weeks and weeks and months of Moses until I have begun to think about our world. And I want to set the record straight. The end is not coming yet. We're not there. Stop listening to that. Jesus is returning for a victorious church. And the church right now on the earth is set back on her heels. But let me tell you something. There are signs, wonders, and miracles that we are going to see. And it won't just be us. It'll be the whole earth that will say that had to be God. That is, they, are, they are going to use the words on CNN. Mark my words on this. That was biblical. So as Moses led the people of God, the people of Israel, out of bondage into liberty and freedom... God had to do something miraculous. They couldn't do it themselves. We are getting ready to see that happen in our time 
in our space that we live on planet Earth. And then the end will begin. But there is more yet to do. So don't sit on your porch singing in the sweet by and by. And when I finally get to heaven, I'll, we are not there yet. We are still in the field house today, and we're sharpening our weapons. We're sharpening our weapons. And some of that means our minds, our biblical knowledge, and it also means something else. So back in July, we took the staff to uh, Birmingham, Alabama, to Church of the Highlands. And every year they have a conference called the Grow Conference. And their tagline is, and, I, and I'm going to tell you all this because you may not know this, it is God's will for your church to grow. Everything God makes grows. Children, plants, animals, everything that has life in it should be growing. Everything. It was a beautiful... It was such a beautiful time. I mean, they can tell you. We were there. It was just, it was amazing. God used that week to remind me personally of something. And he took me all the way back to my yes to him. He took me back to my first love, which is him and his church. Do you know, it's not just enough to love Jesus we have to love what he loves and what he's laying his life down for and what he's returning for. Do you ever wonder why people get offended and leave the church? Because the enemy doesn't want them in church. He doesn't want them in the local church. Well, I love the big C church. Well, there is no big C church without local churches. There is no big C church. We're it, y'all. Like Moses had the Israelites and that was God's people. We are God's people. We are those people today. His gathered church, the ecclesia. We are that today. So if you, if you know me very well and you've ever told me about the latest, greatest ministry that's rolled through town and they're doing this, that, and the other, and they've put up a structure and slung some sawdust ground on the ground, and they're doing all the things. I'm going to ask you this question. Those people who are doing that, where did they go to church? Who is their covering? And what local house are they connected to? I'm going to ask you those questions, or I'm out. And if they can't answer those questions, just watch. Just watch, because it will not G-R-O-W. It eventually just fizzles out. Now, you don't have to come out and speak against it and do all things. Just let God handle it. Just let God handle it. He always does. He always does. And we've been doing this long enough now. I have seen it come and go. And let's, let, why can't our church be a part of this? Well, let's, let's see what they're a part of. Because while you're in the house of God on Sunday morning, serving someone, holding a door open, singing on the worship team, they're at the beach. See, a lot of times ministries outside of the local house, they have to use the local house to get their needs met. They have to attach themselves to a local house and try to get some kind of life force and resources out of it, or they don't have a ministry. Y'all are awful quiet. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? So you will always hear me ask that question, who is their pastor? Where are they plugged in? Who is their covering? 
And if they're just beyond having all that, well, then they're just too big for Jesus. Because that's not my rules. That's what he in the New Testament said. So he, in that week in Birmingham, reminded me again why I did not say yes to a big career and a corporate job. He reminded me again. Now, I had to work and make tents in the early days of us planting this church. Tim and I had five jobs between us for four years. And he was planting the church full-time, and I was doing everything, everything, cleaning the bathrooms, doing the children's meeting. I was doing all the things. And some of you were there. Some of you know that. But eventually, I was able to do what was in my heart to do, which was be on staff full-time, which is what God called me to do. So he reminded me, and he said, remember, you said to me, Harriet, that you would give your life for this. And I was reminded of the passage in Psalm 69.9 where David said, the zeal for God's house has consumed me. It has consumed me. And I say that to you today. The zeal for the house of the Lord has consumed me. It is the only answer. There is no plan B in the rescue operation from heaven. The local church is God's hope for humanity through his son, Jesus. It's what Jesus is returning for. It is a massive deal. So in the conference, I sat there and I let my mind drift back 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And I was thinking about when was the last time I felt zeal for his house? I ask you that this morning. When was the last time you felt zeal? Nothing was going to keep you from God's house. Nothing. So do you love God's house? That's a big question today. Do you love God's house? Now, I talk about this sometimes. You've heard me use this example if you've been here any amount of time. Um, Have you ever walked into a kitchen where someone was baking bread and they were taking it out of the oven when you walked in? And you weren't hungry when you went in the kitchen, but the moment you smelled that bread, you were like, I am not leaving until I get a bite of that bread or a piece or whatever with maybe some butter on it too. Like, I want some of that hot bread. I want some of that. Well, you weren't hungry, but then you were. I want to do that today. I want God's house to be the bread that we take out of the oven and that we begin to hunger for the place that he has chosen to dwell among with his people. I want you to wake up. We're in an awakening time in the earth. I want us all to awaken and go, I'm hungry. I didn't even know I was hungry, but I'm actually hungry. I want you to begin a new love story with God's house today. See, it's not just enough that me and Tim and Gina and Nicole and the staff love the house. You have to love the house because it's your house. It's your house too. It's not just our house. It's all of our house. We're a big old family. It's your house, so you have to love it. Now, we have gotten into some interesting times, right? Do y'all sit in your house every night and go, what is happening? And, you know, I would, I would at first want to blame it all on COVID, but I want to tell you something. This thing started before COVID. The downward spiral began actually decades ago, truly decades ago. Um, the American culture will say this. If it's not convenient, 
if it's not comfortable and if it's not uncostly, I'm out. I'm out. It's got to be convenient. It's got to be comfortable. And I, there can be no cost to it because it's there to serve me. Remember, what, listen, y'all, y'all know what Tim preached. How many of you were at church Sunday? He and I didn't talk about that. I didn't know what his series was. The kids can tell you I was not in one of those meetings. I had no idea he was going into a whole series about God's house. I was like, wait. That's what I'm talking to sisterhood about on our introduction day. It was like, well, that's just what God has told me to. And I think we all came out of our conference feeling this renewed, like, whoa, like a, a wake up, like literally like a wake up. So because of this uncomfortable or comfortable, convenient, and uncostly, many houses across our nation, many church houses remain empty on Sunday mornings. They're just, the people just aren't there. They're just not coming back. Tim told you, half of our church never came back after COVID. I'm like, where are y'all? Do you know how many people I have called? And they're like, I missed it from home now. I'm like, okay, well, I hope y'all don't have to go to the hospital and somebody come visit you because is that, is that TV preacher going to come see y'all? Like, I don't, I bet they're not coming to your baby shower. Right? That's why we have to have local church. Now, that's good when we need to be, you know, get a recharge. I watch stuff online all the time. I love it. But that's not my place. Those people don't even know I exist. They have no idea what my name is, nothing like that. So there is very, there's something very holy about Sundays. Not because of it's just a day of the week, but because it's where the gathered church as a whole is all together we have lost that holy feeling about church see this is going to be this this get, just take a deep breath right now take a deep breath because I had to too because I was very convicted by this sisterhood is not your local church youth group is not your local church sorry Bailey you know that life young adults is not your local church and your small group is not the local church so if you're doing that, thinking that's church, you're wrong. The gathered body. See, your small group's a little pinky over here. Sisterhood's a little pinky over here. Youth group might be a toe, right? Life young adults might be the kneecap. But they're not the church. The church gathered together, and for us it's on Sundays, that is the ecclesia. And we miss so much. See, there's nothing compared to it. There's absolutely nothing compared to it. We're all together. We're bringing the sacrifice of praise all together, right? Your kids need to see that. They shouldn't just be seeing youth group. They should be. Thank you so much, Gina. I know. I was hot, then I was cold. My nose started running. <laughs> and then I cried. But, you know, that those, those outside ministries are a part of the whole, and they're under the covering of the house. But I will even tell you the word God gave me. It's dismembered. And a dismembered body cannot survive. So if you've become this little independent thing, and I'm not saying we had totally done that here at Sisterhood, but we were pretty like, woo, women's power, let's go. And I'm going to bring us back to the values of this local house. And we're going to get under it, and we're going to watch our lives, not just our ministry, 
our personal lives thrive like never before. Because whatever God says is good always grows. You want your marriage better? You want your family relationships better? Do you want your health to be better and your finances to be better and your business to grow? And he who is planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. Plant yourself, not just in an external ministry, not just at sisterhood or I'm small group or youth ministry. That is not church. Church is on Sunday mornings, and it's so holy to the Lord. See, we will move heaven and earth for ball games, coffee dates, meetings, birthdays. We will literally be like, I am telling you, I am clear. There's nothing getting in this. But listen, if the stars don't all align with all of our family's stuff for the week, we may or may not be at church. Because we can always catch it at small group or we can go to, you know, sisterhood or we can do whatever, youth ministry or life young adults. We can go catch it some other time. That has to end. That has to come rolled up to a stop. First of all, because we're better than that. Because we're his house. We're his house. And he's coming back for a bride that does not have spot or wrinkle or blemish. That's going to be us. We're going to get ready. We're going to get ready for the whole thing. So it's time for a change. So if you're here, some of you are here and you don't attend Life Church on Sunday, I want to tell you, wherever you go to church, get there. Get under that leadership and, and submit your lives to the vision of the house and start serving. And watch what happens to your life. You'll see your life will never be the same. Become part of it. Show up. Be steadfast and be faithful, not just in the little external things. And that's hard for some of us because some of us lead those little external things, and we just feel like that just has to be the most important thing. But it's not the most important thing. Sisterhood's not the most important thing. Sunday is the most important thing because it's his gathered bride. Now, I know if it's convicting to you, I was first in line. It was convicting to me. So moving forward, I'm bringing sisterhood back. I'm bringing it back to a place of being a part of a larger whole. We are not an independent ministry out here on our own doing our own things. We are not just empowering women at all ages. We are, but that's not the only thing we're doing. We are part of a local house called Life Church. That's what we are. First and foremost, everything we do moving forward is going to align with the values of this house, every single thing. So I'm going to tell you what the values are. So we're always talking about them around the office, always lifting them up. There's five of them, so you can write them down if you want to. So you can always go, if we do something, and you, I'm going to tell you right now, you have full permission if we get off over into doing something, and y'all are like, Where, what value is that, Harriet? You can come question me on it. I give you full permission to come and say, show me what value that is. Because I want to be held accountable on this. I want us to get this part right. So the first thing is worship. Worship. Now, a lot of people that come to church think the preached word is the most important thing. And I will tell you it's about 49%. And Pastor Jared leading the worship team is about 51%. It's more important because worshiping him is our highest calling. There's nothing higher, nothing higher than that. Worship. How many of you love the worship at our church? Oh, it is so amazing. Growing in faith is number two. Now, Sister Hood lines up directly with this because we are always strengthening our walk with God because we're studying the Bible. It feeds us. It nourishes us. We're always 
connecting with one another and learning and strengthening. Number three is to enjoy community. We're probably best at that, right? We are. So we connect with others, and most of us don't just connect with others here. Most of us have our buddies, our sisterhood buddies. Like at nighttime, we have groups of women who go to eat dinner before they come together. You know, that's just their group. That's who they're going to be. Just awesome. Now, the fourth one is a big one, finding your purpose. You know, everybody should have a spot of serving in the local church. And if you don't feel like you have a spot, we want to help you find a spot to serve. And I realize when we're portable, there's less times that we're gathered because we only have access to be in the Sunday service on Sunday mornings. So there's less of those times, but there is a place for every single person to find your purpose in the body of Christ. There is absolutely that place there. And then um, number five is reaching our city. Now, when you came in, you probably saw all the pink mugs back there on the table. We are launching something called the Pink Mug Initiative. And we're selling those mugs for $20 a piece. And the proceeds, half of that, half of the sale of each one of them go to Lifeline Pregnancy Center, who is on the front lines of life really the pro-life movement here in New Hanover County and so we are we have always sisterhood has always been uh, very outside charitable until COVID and when COVID happened we like everybody we kind of went whoop and everything just became about this right here you know like oh we can't you know we're just surviving well we're not just surviving anymore and so we're going to make sure that our city knows that we're here. So we do bridge events like Flourish is a big, our big conference that we do in the spring. That's a bridge event to the community that helps reach our city with the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, loving and helping charitable organizations who are helping moms that are in all kinds of situations, that is also a, a major thing that we want to begin doing. So we may change up what organization and ministry that we support each year, but every year I want us to have one that we are always giving back to, and we're always saying this is important. We want to make sure that we get, and, and they're just really cute. And you can bring your cute, your cute pink mug and put your brown dog coffee in it. <laughs> Everything's about coffee here, right? So, um, yeah, so everything about our ministry is going to begin to line up with these values because sisterhood, I want this ministry to add to the whole and not just be its own little thing over here, you know. It's awesome. We're awesome, y'all. We're awesome. We're a big company of women. We're awesome. But we're better together as a whole with the entire church body. Um, so I hope that whole thing there was good. Did everybody, did that line up with everybody and everybody? Okay, that's good. That's good. So I want to do now, I want to flip gears and do a quick little overview of our fall series. Um, it, it, and I'm going to start to wrap it up here in just a minute. But the series is called, and it's all 12 weeks, it's called Moses, God's Chosen Leader. And you'll hear from several of us are going to be teaching and leading it. Um, and by the time these 12 weeks are over, you're probably going to know more about Moses than you ever even thought you wanted to know. I promise. I mean, just, it's a lot. So uh, it is believed, I'm going to give you a little brief overview, that Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. Those, that collection of books is called the Pentateuch, or Tuch. I don't know how they pronounce it. It's a Hebrew word. 
Penta, meaning five. So it's the first Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Now, I know that's weird because Moses also died in there, right? So you're like, it's weird. How did he write it and how did he? But um, the reality is, even though it's believed he wrote all of them, most true uh, rabbinical rabbis believe that Moses wrote most of it and that the authorship of it is really not as important as the whole. It's woven together, the story, over many, many years. Now, how many of you have ever seen the movie The Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston? Yes, I know. Some of that's kind of biblical, and some of that's just not. It's just, <laughs> it's just not. There's quite a bit of it, actually, that's not. But one of the things in there is, like, we don't know what pharaoh it was that moses had to deal with because the bible doesn't tell us now in the movie they say it's ramses but we we don't know that and some historians are like that couldn't actually possibly have happened at the same time when ramses was that that doesn't even follow the historical timeline so we don't really know that whole thing so some of the story may not biblically totally line up here are some things we know for sure we know that moses always knew he was jewish He always knew that he was not Egyptian. He knew he was Jewish. He knew who his family and his people were. And I'm sure he was taught that. I'm sure he was told, you know, from the time he was young, that you are a Jewish thing. This wasn't ever hidden from him. We don't see that in the Old Testament anywhere. He was raised in Pharaoh's court. That's very important. He was familiar with court life, what all that, how that whole vibe was there and I'm sure that's interesting in a in in an Egyptian court at that time for sure he knew the land of Egypt and he was educated under the very best scholars so he was very smart um you know part of the reason you know some people would say that God even let Moses be you know put in the basket all the things taken out by Pharaoh's daughter, raised there, was so that he could learn and be educated so that he could read and write and write down the history of what had happened, what was actually happening. Because there are some big stories in those books. Those are like the big stories, y'all, what we learn in Sunday school. Those are the big ones, like all those books right there. So he had to know how to read and write to do all that. So a lot of people are like, you know, none of that would even be possible. Had he not grown up in that court... I mean, he didn't realize it, that he'd been, you know, separated from his family. I'm sure at some point he was like, these people are not my people. I mean, we do know that when he saw the, the Jewish or the Egyptian guy keep getting killed or he killed the Egyptian guy. I mean, it's kind of an interesting story. But another thing I want to mention just before uh, next week, Michelle is coming out of the shoot with our first lesson. But, and you may be touching on this, but Moses is a typecast in the Old Testament for Jesus. One was perfect. One was very, very human, right? Struggled with anger, fear. Anybody? 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 I know, I know. So, but both of these men were ultimate deliverers. Both of them. Jesus, the ultimate deliverer. And Moses at that time, the deliverer of God's people as they had been in bondage for 400 years. So the more I have studied about the person of Moses, the more I have liked him. You know, I used to think he was sort of, 
No, uh, weak would not be the right word. Um, I would think, oh, like just finish your calling well, you know. But, oh, there's so much to him and why God chose him. And it's really a beautiful, beautiful um, story, honestly. Uh, God used him so mightily, and we're going to find that out in the weeks to come. It's going to be really fun to see because it's truly like, I can see why Hollywood made a movie because it's truly like this epic tale. Like it's, whoo, you know, you got villains and warriors and you know, chariots and horses. I mean, you got all kinds of stuff. You got bushes that are burning but not burning. I mean, it's a lot. It's just a lot going on. So, we're going to begin to see, I believe I say this prophetically, we are going to begin to see in this new era in the earth that we are in right now, we're going to start seeing God's deliverance for his people in ways that are kind of like this. It's going to make you go, that's biblical. That could only happen by the hand of God. No other way could that be possible but by God. How many of you know the overturning of Roe versus Wade? We woke up one day. We were like, that's it? Like, wow. I mean, like, we prayed for four decades, like five decades. Like, we had just been there to the Supreme Court to pray, like, three weeks before. I was like, Michelle, it's overturned. Like, that, when God moves, and you, there is not, you can't look at that in our country and not go, that was biblical. There is no other explanation for it. I don't care what you do with it. So I hope every week you come back and you have a heart to learn and to dig in there and to grow. And this is what I hope too. I hope you don't miss Sundays, either at your church or this church. I hope your children don't miss. I hope your husbands and your sons and all your people don't miss that you're in the house of the Lord, gathered together. So... Something we used to do, and we're going to do it right now, we have not done this since COVID, is at the end of every sisterhood time, we took a moment to have like a talk time with those sitting around us in groups of four or five, and we're going to start doing that every week. And what that does is it's going to do a couple of different things. It's going to give you an opportunity to be able to shoulder and bear some burdens of your sisters. It's going to help you know, oh, that's Deidre, that's Kate. That's Barbara. I mean, it's going to help you know people's names. Like, you're going to start to come in and it not just look like the sea of people that are all sitting. Um, I felt like God said this. In your talk time, prioritize circles over rows. Circles are more powerful than rows. And we have to get back to that because the season of COVID made us insane. And we just were, you know, like we can't be close to anybody or do. We have to have one another. There is just no other way around it. So do what you have to do, but let's just get together so we can at least, you know, share with one another, be close with one another, and do our group prayer. And you may even want to do a discussion. Like today, you may want to go, did you hear something today that you did not know? That's a question I would always ask my group. What did you hear today that you didn't know before? There may be something that you're like, I've never thought about that. I will tell you, I had not thought much about God's house, and that is what I do, y'all. I am a pastor, a shepherd, and I was like, I just, I don't even know. It was like God was like, like, wake up. What are you doing? But God doesn't just want me to love it. He wants all of us to love it. 
So that was a revelation to me at that time. So we're going to, Eli's going to put some worship music on, kind of quiet. And then I'm going to end with something kind of cool. And then I'm going to pray and send you on your way. So we've got like 10 minutes. Let's see, what time is it? 11. We're going we're gonna to do our, our talk time until 11.15. And then I'll be back. So I want to share something with you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pray and send you on your way. How many of you liked your talk time? Yes, isn't that so much better than just like shuffling in and going back out like cattle, coming back in the next week, then going back out? It's just better. It's just so much better. So there is a place in Exodus, in Exodus 3.14, where, and y'all, I'm not going to read the whole thing to y'all, but when you go to there, that is where um, Moses has asked God, who should I tell them that you are? Who am I supposed to tell them that you are? Now, we'll, we'll talk about this in depth in the weeks to come. But God said, you tell them that Yahweh sent you. So, Eli, will you put my little slide up there? I think Chandler got it in there. There was a moment when Moses had the nerve to ask God what his name is. God was gracious enough to answer. And the name he gave is recorded in the original Hebrew as Y-H. W-H. Over the time, we've arbitrarily added an A and an E in there to get Yahweh, presumably because we have a preference for vowels. But scholars and rabbis have noted that the letters Y-H-W-H represents breathing sounds or aspirated consonants. When pronounced without intervening vowels, it actually sounds like breathing. Yah is Yahweh. So a baby's first cry, his first breath, speaks the name of God. A deep sigh calls his name, or a groan or a gasp that is too heavy for mere words calls his name. Even an atheist would speak his name unaware that their very breath is giving constant acknowledgement to God. Likewise, a person leaves this earth with their last breath when God's name is no longer filling their lungs. So when I can't utter anything else, is my cry, is your cry, still calling out his name. See, being alive means I speak his name constantly. So is it heard the loudest when I am the quietest? In sadness, we breathe breathe heavy sighs. In joy, our lungs feel almost like they will burst. In fear, we hold our breath and have to be told to breathe slowly to help calm us down. When we're about to do something hard, we take a deep breath and find a deep bre- take a deep breath to find our courage. Sorry, I lost my spot here. This is so beautiful. Well, this is, this is how it ends. When I think about it, breathing is giving him praise even when the moments are hard. Isn't that beautiful? <gasps> That's his name. It's awesome, isn't it? Y'all can stand up. I'm going to send you on your way today. Y'all have been amazing today. I know that it is a sauna in here, so if y'all have got an appointment at the sauna, you can cancel it today it's it's we've done it (laughs) we did it today 
it's all done. You know, they say you should do that for anti-aging. You should go sit in the hot sauna. But we did it today, actually. So I'm going to try to get that handled before next week. Thank you, Lord. We have a little cave to be in. (laughs) So let me just pray over you guys as you go today. Father, I thank you so much for your gathered ones, your daughters that have come together in the cave, in the garage, the field house, whatever we want to call it, God, to get equipped to go out there. Lord, let us be shining ones for you as we go. Even launch us from this place like arrows into the world, God. Fiery arrows that go out and hit their mark. God, we pray that you would be high and lifted up in each of our lives today. We pray that you will bring us back next week healthy, well, uh, preserved, ready for a new day. God, help all of us to catch a picture of your house and your love for your people and your gathered ones. We love you, Jesus. We thank you so much for what you're doing in us, among us, and through us. We ask that you would just um, just bless the rest of our day today. Lord, give us favor. Let mercy go with us and grace be with us. And we just speak a blessing on everyone. Send them back home safe and sound, covered in the blood of Jesus. And everybody said in agreement, amen, amen.